Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shelters by Jesus Radio. I am your host, Seth. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Seth. This is the day the Lord has made. It is, and I'm very excited to continue to talk about serving the Lord, so stay tuned. So, Al, we kind of ended the last episode talking about differences and encouraging and ways of approaching people who are a little bit different. The impetus for that was this recent election, and there's such division as we can see in the country. And so how does a believer deal with some of that, relate to some of that, move forward after things that have gone on? And so we, that kind of started our conversation. Yeah, and we talked about, you know, if we could just put Christ first, there's our unity. Now we're all members of the same body, but not everyone's a hand. Some people are feet. I'm an eyeball. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Can you picture an eyeball rolling along, oh, trying to idea. rule everything and run the show? But so. every every piece of the body is important, and we all have different functions, and we can learn to embrace those differences in Christ. I think we can see a healing. You know, it's like in the Old Testament where God says, if they would just turn to me, repent. I will be their God, and I will heal their, heal their land. And, and such rich scripture relates to how we serve a loving God. Mm. How different it could be if he was a taskmaster, but he's not. He, no. he loves us with an—his love is everlasting. His mercy endures forever. And so he takes us back, that pro, the picture of the prodigal son, and story after story. He went to the cross. He died for us. The very people that were looking for a king and were crying out, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest. The Lord saves. He's here. He's going to be our Savior. A week later, we're saying, crucify him. Hmm. And how many there, if only it was be like Paul Harvey, and now we'll know the rest of the story. Those people that were right at that cross, how many of those people ended up then finding forgiveness at that cross later? But to think that it was love that put him on the cross, a love for you and I. I am humbled by that and want to serve that individual and vow my life to him because we were purchased with the price. So we want to follow him. Herein lies the conversation we're having. People disagree with that. Some are regenerated, and I guess we could kind of separate that. Some have met the Lord and some have not met him yet personally. Right. There is a, a very clear demarcation between those two groups. And sometimes we have to take a stand. But we can do that in love. So I guess maybe we're going to try to give some tools to listeners to how do we deal with that too? Well, I think, you know, the verse that tells us to turn the other cheek, I think this is what it comes down to, being humble with people. When they come at you and they're angry and they're calling you names and they're ridiculing you, they did the same thing to Jesus. And Jesus said, what they did to me, they'll do to you. But how did Jesus respond? He gave his life for them. Folks, he hung himself on the cross, and we're all enemies to Jesus, and he still gave himself to us. So as Christians, we're kind of expected to be able to adapt that same kind of attitude of seeing what the real power behind that person is, and then being humble and loving and caring and praying and and working in faith to try to get that influence behind that person to change from evil to Jesus. People that see that in action, really, it has an effect on people. So love is, I think, to take one of your quotes is, what do you say usually? Love is an action. Love is an action. And people see that, and then the Holy Spirit, His presence is here, and the Bible says that people are called. No one comes to the Father except they're called by Him, and so He'll use all that stuff to draw people to Him. If we can keep it together and show patience 
and perseverance, the fruits of the Spirit too, and be kind and gentle with people, certainly that will lend itself to perhaps drawing people to the loving relationship that you and I have found in the world. It is easy to say, I love you. It's easy. Now imagine if that's all God did. Imagine if he stopped there and he said, I love you. Where would we be going? We'd be on our way to hell. However, he didn't stop there. And he backed up his claim of love with his death. And so if he can do that for anyone and he can save anyone and he can tell you, I love you, and this is what love is, you know, we need to understand that what the world says is love is exact opposite of what God says is love. And we can't sit here and say, yeah, I love my brother. I mean, we can go to church and sing the songs and clap our hands and I love you, I love you. Or we can do that and prove it. We could have patience with people. We said in the first episode of this little mini-series here that you could also ask questions like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. A probing question can go miles in speaking to someone's own heart and getting them to think. Like Seth and I see people like heading towards a cliff and getting ready to go off. Mm. Not that our lives are perfect, but we have found the way, the truth, and the life. And there's great joy in this life. Even though it's a fallen world, we do have times of refreshing and joy. And so our heart's desire is to share that. We understand that when people come to the shelter here, they're coming from all different walks. Mm. A lot of times people are very much interested in they've met the Lord, they've walked away from Him, they know that. And so we offer them that forgiveness to come back into the fold and in time, you know, be restored. The Lord will restore the years the locusts have eaten. I preached through Joel this last weekend, and certainly that's a case. Some people, however, aren't regenerated, and so Jesus says, if you're not for me, you're against me. Uh, He's very clear on that, very clear. And so as we begin to learn the Bible, this is one of the keys that you then can be a supporter of the Lord. You can be a harvester. He's looking for harvesters. And I read in Acts 4.12, it says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now that's Jesus, friend. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And the Bible is very clear. Now, if you're a teacher, a preacher, even a believer that doesn't preach or teach, but should be studying, and because we're commanded to study, to show ourselves approved. This is key. Yep, what right? you just said, I agree. Thank you. Then you shouldn't be preaching anything else. Jesus is the only way. There is no other God. There are many roads to Jesus, but there's one road to God, and that is through his Son. He was the only one who paid the price for our sins. Right. There was no other God who did what Jesus did. In fact, God tells us there's none beside me, none above me, none below me. So let me describe a situation where another pastor of mine, we encouraged small groups. And as it were, I was fortunate enough to be considered as a facilitator. And I led, I was a leader of small groups, number of small groups that I taught. And we actually received training on a number of different occasions. And so I stuck around for a while and didn't give up. My wife and I often will look back a little bit perplexed at some of the groups we were in, but we also looked with fondness of some of the groups that we had been in over the years. That being said, one of the understandings were as a facilitator were that if somebody was way out of line scripturally, we allowed people to voice their opinions, talk in a civilized, respectful way, and we had some great discussions. But ultimately, if somebody was just way out of line, it was up to the facilitator to say, wait, stop, 
That's not what the Bible says. And provide some correction and some direction in that regard. Now, I believe that that's okay. Now, understand, that circumstance is a little different than maybe what we have when we have an open Bible study here where people are required to come, and we're hoping to offer some godly teachings that hopefully will draw some people, and then some people then can be discipled, too, in the same regard, in the same room. And we need to make sure our teachers are biblically accurate, and yes. they know the context. You know, Al, um, just to bring up a point, because, you know, you said it before, let's not wax over an important point, uh, and I think you're saying, as new Christians, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. We're going to have difficulty interpreting sometimes, because sometimes we jump to the meat, and we're still we're quite not there yet. No, we want some warm milk. But even sometimes when we are ready for the meat, we still don't quite understand a context of something. And so that's why I'm grateful for men like Pastor Barry and Pastor Spencer and you and others that I can go to, and we can have discussions and say, hey, how do you feel about this verse? I know we've done it in the podcast. You know, what does this verse mean to you? How, what, what, what is God saying here? And, and we'll talk about it. And I love how, like the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. And yes. that's, that's great. So if you're a young Christian, don't hesitate to ask questions. If you're an older Christian, don't hesitate to ask questions. Don't hesitate to get together and discuss the Word of God. I got two brother-in-laws that when we have family reunions— you can see us in a room for six hours, and all we talk about is, is the gospel. Oh, that is so cool. I love it. Yeah, me too. And we'll be bouncing things off. And we've had our disagreements, but you know what? It's always in love, and we're always looking in Scripture. You know, well, what do you mean by that? Where are you getting that from? But we always walk away, the three of us, thinking. I certainly recommend that somebody just immerse themselves in God's Word. Mm. And it says in Isaiah that His Word will not return to Him void. And I say that regularly. I preach that. Isaiah 55, 11, So my word that proceeds from my mouth, that shall not return to me void. So His Word doesn't return to Him void. I had a real revelation as far as that goes. And I would always say, like, you know what? I'm going to stick to God's Word as I preach, as I talk to people. And that's certainly good policy. I believe, and it's honoring to God. His word is special. It's his living word. However, what I learned was as I read God's word and soak it in, I'm not the same person then. It doesn't return void back to him because I'm a changed individual. I'm renewed. My faith grows deeper because I've entered into his word and I held it in my heart, and now it becomes that much more special to me. I also then can recognize when somebody's off. Let me give you an example. We have the Bible study, and I've been the Thursday Bible teacher for a long time, probably over 12 years now, and I've missed very few Thursdays, just a handful of them. Back when I was a teacher, we'd had parent-teacher conferences, and I'd swap with somebody a lot of times, with Gary. Now, there was an individual who was a resident here, and he said he could play the piano. And he came and he said, hey, can I play this song at your Bible study? He says, I have a really edifying song. And a lot of the guys said like, oh, he plays really good. And so I didn't have a chance to check out what his song was, but he started and he was kind of playing a little bit of a melody in the background when I came in. And anyway, he played Imagine, John Lennon's song, and actually played it to perfection. Sure. So he played this song and everybody clapped. Everybody clapped. They just, he nailed it. Now, folks, I like a good song now and then. I like a good melody. Did you read the words to that, though? Yeah. They're saying, 
you know what, friends? Find peace in this world because don't have to worry about there being a heaven or a hell. Can you imagine that? And now that is so contrary to what the Bible says. Right. And if that leads somebody astray, Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep at night. I told everyone, I said, well, you know what? That was a beautiful song. I didn't demean him before everyone else. I said, well done, beautiful song. But I also made a point of saying, I don't agree with the lyrics. Right. And afterwards, I went over and made a point of talking to him personally. You know, I said, do you believe those lyrics? He goes, well, I kind of don't. Well, sort of, kind of. He says, but, you know. And I said, well, if you did a rewrite on that so that it was scripturally correct, I said, that would be be kind of a cool thing. Right. And I know our worship leader here at church, Peter Baldick, does rewrites. He does, It's great. He's great, There's some really good ones, and I'm blessed by that. Yeah. Well, he said, uh, well, I'll think about it. And so I didn't put him down. I said, do you know any other songs? He said, no. And I said, okay, let, let me get this straight. I will not allow you to play that song with those lyrics again here. Right. Do you understand? And he said, yes, I do. And so I had to take corrective action. Well, let's talk about that, Al, because that's something I'm very passionate about. Yep. It is not enough to go to church. It is not enough to take a pastor's word for something. It is not enough to buy a book and read it. It is not enough to watch it on TV. It's not enough to even listen to this podcast. You are personally responsible for your growth in Scripture. You. You know, my wife takes copious notes at every sermon. She says, (laughs) (laughs) she'll come out with nine or 12 pages of sermon. She has more notes than the sermon does. But then we'll go home and discuss what Pastor talked about. And you know what, folks? That's what you're supposed to do. When we start taking someone else's word for what the Bible says, it is very easy for me to lead you astray. I'm a fan of the King James Bible uh, I was because I was raised on it. Mm-hmm. And I often pick on pastor and say, it's the Bible, uh, <laughs> just to see his eyes roll. But whatever. Uh, but in 2 Timothy 2.15, it tells us something very important. And folks, this is an individual instruction to you as a believer. Study to show thyself approved unto God. You study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. You know, what's important to me there, Al, is if you're going to be a licensed doctor or a lawyer or whatever your profession is, you are expected to hold a certain level of skill. And how do you gain that skill? Well, you gain that skill through careful study and practice. Yes. The same with the word of God. You practice it. Right? So, you know, we get some, sometimes we get guys here and say, oh, I've driven, you know, tractors for 30 years, or I've been a carpenter for 20 years, and uh, you give them a hammer and this disaster appears before your eyes, (laughs) you know, and suddenly you become ashamed because you weren't what you said you were, or as good as you said you were. And so that's why it's so important to study the Word of God. How do you know, Al, if what I'm telling you isn't false if you don't know yourself? It's interesting you say that the government has currency, and you know the people that try to protect the integrity of that currency, the money, they study the real deal, such that when the fake comes along, they'll be able to recognize it. Right. 
And that's interesting. I've used that before as, as well. As, it's a as perfect a analogy. Kind of analogy, sure. So they study the real deal, they, so they can recognize it then. And so should we be familiar with Scripture. I will just add one thing to you. I yeah, think please. there's real value in like listening to Scripture. I mean, certainly we're going to go back and we're going to look through it. But like I tell people at the Bible study, I'm like, if I took a survey, said how many did their personal Bible study today, there wouldn't be a lot of hands go up, or mm-hmm. there might be a few, and I don't know how truthful they'd be, but maybe there's some. I'd like to think there are. But also, so then I'll just say, look, don't beat yourself up, because the Lord just sent a sorry sinner in the form of myself to open up his word. So, but you can go forward. We have a responsibility to look, take advantage of those that are teaching. We live in a day and age now, Seth, I believe, that is unprecedented in terms of what's available for Bible studies. All the commentaries, not to rely on them, but you can certainly use those as tools. My wife has on downloaded the Bible app. She can carry that app when mm-hmm. even she's out of, yeah, but I, I she's out of range. Sure. She can just turn on the Bible and it's there. It's downloaded in your cell phone. And so that can be a real comfort. Hmm. And so, but to listen, you know, we have choices on a radio station. Uh, where we are right now, I can listen to 88.5, 99.5. I can listen to 102.1, 105.9. And there's a few other ones in between there. That's typically where I go. I mean, there's a talk show that I listen to as well. Don't, and a certain podcast I'm sure you listen to as well. Absolutely. It's a little hard to hear when I'm driving, though, but I, I will do that. Absolutely. I look forward to that. You just soak all that in. When she first became a believer, she would go to bed at night and have that Bible piped in to her ear as she slept. And some of that soaks in. You know, the same idea. If you put good stuff in, then good stuff's likely to come out, too. Because bad stuff comes out when you listen to bad stuff, right? <laughs> so you're right, Al. I'm not trying to cheapen Yes sermons, preachers, teachers, none of that. No, that's important. That is a calling from God. And we ought to listen. But we can get lazy too, can't we? But we we can get very lazy. And the studying is for our personal growth in Jesus Christ, right? Our one-on-one time, that prayer closet. But it's also how we build discernment and wisdom in handling the Word of God. And then we won't be ashamed. We won't be ashamed. Which is huge. You know, my kids went to, oh, we had an Awana program, and I was just like, Awana, Awana, and I was like, I had no idea what that meant, you know, but because I was a pretty new Christian, but I said like, okay, they're doing, they're learning God's Word, and they would get little jewels when they memorized a piece of Scripture, and I thought that was just so cool, because they taught, you know, what are we going to do when I get up my, all my jewels and my crown, I'm going to cast them on the glassy sea, but Awana stands for approved workers are not ashamed. And I didn't know that. And so that was a very valuable thing that they did beginning at a young age. And so if you get to know the Lord personally, you're a baby, you're born again. That's the starting point. And so that's why we use that term. But if you start to learn Scripture, you will not be ashamed. Hmm. And there's an infinite amount of information here in the Bible that just, because it's God's living word, and so it goes on and on and on. So to be approved and to learn that uh, and not ashamed, that's so important. And to be ready to give a defense for the gospel. Oh! How can you defend something you don't understand? Yeah. So You don't want to be ashamed. Yeah. Friends, thank you for making us a part of your day and listening. I hope your thoughts and your mind has been pricked a little bit in terms of wanting to just follow the Lord closer and to, well, you got a little dose of it today. You got some scripture from Seth and I. We love the Lord. We really do. And we love the people here at the shelter. We pray for them 
every day. And we pray for you guys, our listeners too, and ourselves, that the words that we say would be honorable to the Lord. It's a great ministry here going on, folks. You can support it by clicking a button and be part of this ministry here, and we'd love to have you do that. You can also write us at Shelters by Jesus, 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976. Call us, please. We'd love to hear from you that you heard this podcast, uh, want to know a little bit more about us, and that is 207-474-8833. Till next time, Seth, it's been fun chatting about this, isn't it? It's been good. It's it, I got to tell you folks, usually we pick a topic and we pray about it. And I know I prayed, I know I'm sure you prayed, but yep. and we just came together and said, Lord, whatever you want, let's get it out in the air. Stay tuned for part three. Amen. Amen. <laughs>